Welcome to VSI, Variation Selection Inheritance, a podcast production of the National Science Foundation's Beacon Center for the Study of Evolution and Action. I'm Randall Hayes. Last week I ran you through the family tree of the Starks of Winterfell, a little tour of inclusive fitness theory. This week my evolution students are doing that same exercise with their own pedigrees, and I've been really struck by how much they love their mothers, statistically, and how little they love their fathers. This is not a rant about the moral breakdown of the nuclear family. Lots of cultures get along just fine using their mother's brothers as male mentors. This actually makes perfect sense under inclusive fitness theory, since fathers can be fooled about paternity, but mothers, and by extension their brothers, can be pretty sure how many of their genes are floating around in a given child. I'm talking about a more pervasive lack of male role models. So even though next week is Mother's Day, this is a father's edition of VSI. My son and I have been sucked into watching Iron Man Armored Adventures on Netflix streaming. Personally, I really enjoyed both of Jon Favreau's Iron Man movies, starring Robert Downey Jr. But neither one of them was something I would watch with my nine-year-old. There's a certain amount of cheesecake that's unavoidable in geek culture, But those movies deliberately push the objectification of women as part of their whole Tony Stark is not a nice man thing. And my boy is not yet sophisticated enough to parse that. He barely gets sarcasm. If you haven't seen the movies, you can get a good feel for what I'm talking about from the first preview clip on Apple's website, which I'll link to from our website. Robert Downey as Tony Stark, no relation to the Starks of Winterfell, is the very definition of what evolutionary biologists call the show-off male. It's not enough for him to dive out of a plane in that shiny, shiny red armor. No, he has to fly down through a fireworks show, dodging the rocket's red glare, and slam into the stage, surrounded by not one beautiful woman, but dozens of hot chicks, scantily clad in outfits that echo his armor and reflect his glory back at him. This movie, Stark, pursues only short-term relationships. He's driven by youth, physical attractiveness, and, very importantly, novelty. That's really what Scarlett Johansson represents for him in that scene in the boxing ring. Believe it or not, boredom is an evolutionary adaptation for males who have a mating strategy of low investment, quantity over quality. Again, not a moral statement, Lots of animals pursue this strategy. Oysters and corals don't even bother to mate. They just spray their gametes out into the ocean and rely on the tides to mix them together. Humans, on average, are actually relatively good parents. But there are still easily measurable differences in the level of parental investment in terms of time and money. And let's be clear on our definition of a strategy. The movie Stark is not consciously trying to impregnate anybody, but evolution doesn't really rely on your consciousness. If you sleep around enough, statistics say you're going to have some kids. That consistent correlation between action and outcome selects for an emotional bias towards one course of action, in this case chasing down anything in a skirt. That's what a biologist means when it says strategy. So how did the movie start get to be that way? 
Was he just genetically a thrill seeker? Yeah, probably. The movies have hinted at his eventual descent into alcoholism, which is a major theme throughout the comics. And thrill seeking is correlated with addictions of all sorts. But the major factor in the movies is Tony's relationship with his cold and distant perfectionist father, Howard Stark. His father gave him cool toys to play with, but there was no mentoring, no day-to-day investment of time and energy. Evolutionary science is pretty clear on what investing a lot in one child does. It pushes that child towards a high investment strategy in his or her own children. I'm not just talking about psychology, either. Girls with absent fathers actually start to menstruate earlier than girls with fathers who live in their homes. That's biology. And it's, it's only a bias. It doesn't always work. There's no guarantee. But over thousands or millions of children, a small bias adds up, and a whole society can be shifted towards high or low investment in its children. Again, I'm not talking about spoiling children with money and toys. I'm talking about time and energy. The cartoon, Armored Adventures, which I have been watching with my son, on the other hand, stars a driven and distracted, but seriously decent boy genius Tony Stark, who's stuck at a private high school while his father's business partner runs the company into the ground. The parallels with Hamlet are made explicit in Episode 7, where Tony's dead father Howard appears to him in a holographic will. Not to say, Avenge my murder! But to say, Finish school. Make friends. Be a kid. By the way, for the high culture snobs out there, before I took two courses in college, I learned more Shakespeare from superhero comics than I did from school. That being said, the first season's extended story arc was straight out of a video game playbook. The evil mage Garm scattered the thirteen runestones across the realms. Blah, blah, blah. Only here it's the five Makluan rings, hidden in secret temples in the five corners of the earth. And only he who is worthy can find them and activate them to gain the Mandarin's power. But... Back to our discussion of show-off males. Supervillains, megalomaniacs in general, are just the extreme end of that same spectrum. They invest absolutely nothing and do their best to monopolize any and all available resources. Have you noticed that all those guys being overthrown in the Middle East this spring are male? Is that just a coincidence? I don't think so. The main villain of Armored Adventures is the Mandarin, one of Genghis Khan's two million living descendants. Jean Khan's mother had one of the Makluan rings, but she didn't try to take over the world herself. True, she was culturally forbidden to do so by her chauvinist Chinese heritage, but culture mostly magnifies biological tendencies. So like most mothers of history, her plan was for her son, Jean, to take over the world. Unfortunately, the rich criminal she was forced to marry was like the movie's Howard Stark. He doesn't kill Jean like a male lion taking over a pride would, but he is very cold and critical. Jean can't do anything right in his eyes, 
and Gene's only defense is to become just like him, manipulative, calculating. Tony Stark, on the other hand, in the first episode of the show, is basically living Johnny Quest's life. He doesn't even go to school. He hangs out with Howard full-time, inventing half of the high-tech gadgetry that his father sells. He's on a first-name basis with almost everyone in that company. Most tellingly, while he is still a thrill-seeking adrenaline junkie, this Tony has close personal friends. James Rhodes is not a bodyguard. He's practically Tony's brother, without the competition for parental infection that usually entails. And those effects are persistent. They last. After Howard dies in a plane crash, and Tony does have to move in with the Rhodes family and start school, Pepper Potts is not his long-suffering secretary, like she is in the movies. She's almost immediately he and Rhodey's best friend and complete confidant. In fact, throughout the series, Tony falls back on his father's modeling of patience and humility and compassion, even while he's angry at him. This modeling is maybe most clear in episode 21, where Tony steps up to try and save the life of Arthur Parks, whose body was destroyed by one of Howard's inventions, and who now exists as an energy creature who calls himself the Living Laser. One of Iron Man's most serious problems as a business franchise is a serious lack of interesting villains. Anyway, Tony's furious at his father for inventing weapons for the government, but that conscious fact matters less than the day-to-day interactions they had over the years. Unfortunately, Gene Kahn, even though he hates his stepfather, Zhang, mostly acts just like him, too. A major concern of mine is how to use art to teach science. Iron Man may not be the most sterling example of artistic expression, but you start with what your students know. Many of my students, even the young ladies, did see the Iron Man movies. So that's a place for me to start with them. Parental investment is one of the major predictive patterns in evolutionary science. But many of my students at A&T come from single-parent homes. It's really hard to talk about these issues with them. They take things personally, as though the research on parental investment were some kind of personal indictment of their own families, or of their own current normal 19-year-old obsessions with wealth and fame and true love. It doesn't help that I'm a 40-year-old white guy with a boring two-parent, two-income household. Anyway, I pitch it, it sounds like I'm talking down to them. So, I let them present their family trees to one another, and I use Iron Man. He actually has all of the things they currently want exaggerated to such a degree that even they recognize his lifestyle as excessive. Plus, I love this stuff myself. Robert Downey is a fantastic Tony Stark, and Jon Favreau almost managed to make Whiplash cool in the second movie. That's an achievement in itself. I can't wait to see what they do with number three. And believe it or not, I am also looking forward to season two of Armored Adventures. Five more Makluan rings. As Jack said, echoing Pokemon, gotta find them all! That's all the time we have for this week. 
Tune back in. I'll have my delayed interview with Corbin Jones, who is himself about to become a father. Congratulations, Jonesy. VSI is produced by me, Randall Hayes, at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with support from the National Science Foundation's Beacon Center for the Study of Evolution and Action. You can subscribe to the podcast and many others on iTunes and on our own website, which is at http www.variationselectioninheritance.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.